Marina Scorciani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. gonna be all sunshine and roses but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride Hey Shyhards, welcome back to episode 88 of Meet Us at Molly's You just watched the fall finales We just watched the fall finales and all we can really do about it is like throw our arms up in the air and be like, what the F just happened? Yeah. Uh, I still can't wrap my head around what just happened. That was the craziest three hours. Not like ever, but wow. It's, I think the crazier part about it, the craziest part about it is that I don't think I expected any of that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. I yeah. Absolutely. On that one. Like I expected yeah. something, and I expected parts of the episodes, but like the way they all ended, like still not what I saw coming. Every single episode, I was like, "Insert character name here." You're such an idiot. Like facepalm, and that was yeah. Great. Well, and that's what definitely what I texted you. I was just like, every after every episode, I was like, "What the fuck is character name here?" Thinking like, <laughs> "What the fuck." Just, yeah. like, cursing everyone's name under my breath. That was bananas. I, yeah. Wow. So, we don't have any news tonight because you guys just heard from us, like, not long ago. Uh, and I'm kind of glad we don't have news tonight, actually, because now we can just, like, dive right in and rip everybody to shreds. Um, yeah, first one being Will, because holy shit. Will Halstead, what is wrong with you? I, I'm done with Will. I'm done. I can't. Oh my I, God. I'm done. Fair warning, there might be a lot of yelling from us tonight. I mean, just wow. So we're going to start with Med like we always do. And just the, I, Will, you idiot. Like, that's all I can say. Can I just say, okay, I think because, you know, the episode starts with Will and Owen and whatever doing, Will's trying to teach Owen how to like walk in a straight line with the rings and the pillow and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then he like goes inside and sees Natalie in her wedding dress, like on the day of their wedding. Like, yeah, it was all downhill from there. I mean, it's been downhill for a while, but, like, especially from there. It's been all downhill from there. Well, what about that moment when Nat just looked at him and was like, we're okay, right? The fact that you have to ask that on your wedding day is not good. Okay, but remember, they had a fight of some sort last week. Or two weeks ago, I guess, at this point. So it's it's not crazy to think that she would make sure that they're okay. But, yes, I see. I know what your point is. Your point is that, like... Yeah. Well, and then the fact that, like, going off of that, too, that Will lied to her and was like, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, you are kind of fine, but, like, you're also keeping the world's biggest secret from her, too. So, like. The lies. Oh, the lies. I've never wanted to smack a fictional character more than I've wanted to smack Will Halstead. And that's not the first time I've ever said that in med history. (laughs) I was just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? On his wedding day. Like, seriously, bro, on your wedding day, you're going to just leave and go, like, help this guy under shady circumstances? No, I was texting you about how, like, I just feel so bad for Natalie because Will is such a fucking idiot. And, I mean, we yell a lot about Natalie on this podcast, but she doesn't deserve this. Nobody deserves this. No. No, it's so bad. 
when the guys, when like Ray's sons came to get him at the Taylor's place and Will just dropped everything. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I thought the oath was do no harm, not like drop everything on a moment's notice, regardless of what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he just, in his Will Halstead way, you know, feels some kind of guilt by not trying to help this guy that, you know, he there's a family friend of. But, like, you got yourself into such shit, Will. Like, all your other previous standards, like, have to go out the door. Oh, no, this makes the time he ignored the DNR look like nothing. Yeah. It's just... It just... This, I mean, I to... think the DNR is still his worst medical decision, because, like, that is, like, a medical, I mean, you know, whatever. This is just, like, <laughs> Will's worst decision in life. Yes. It was really bad. Really bad. And I'm trying to reconcile, like, you know, when he said, yes, okay, I'll go. It's a total Will Halstead move, but is it a total Will move because it's boneheaded or because it's him, you know, putting being a doctor before everything? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. If Connor's in this situation and Connor leaves, I'm like, yeah, well, that's Connor. He's going to put his patients first no matter what. But with Will, I'm like, it's a Will Halstead move, but I think it's mostly just because it's boneheaded. Yeah, I think now that you're saying that, like, I think Will, it's a boneheaded move for Will because he, like, his wedding day, this is terrible. This is going to sound so bad coming out of my mouth, but, like, so his wedding day is almost like an excuse for him to get out of this situation that he's gotten himself in. And he can't even do that. He can't even take – it's like if he's down in a ditch, right, and, like, yeah. they're throwing a rope in to, like, for him to, like, pull himself out of there, he mm-hmm. can't even take the rope to, like, pull himself out of there. Like, if his wedding day <laughs> is the rope, he can't even do that because, like, he's such a bonehead. I think you just clocked the fastest hot take in podcast history because we're like six minutes in. <laughs> I know because we don't have any news. So, but oh yeah, but goodness. I mean, I'm not wrong, right? Like, I mean, no, it sounds terrible coming out of my mouth that like your wedding day is an excuse to like not go and do this and not help save a life. But like he needed a way to cut himself off from that situation and his wedding day was the perfect excuse and he couldn't even do that. Nope. It's so bad. Also, how did the brothers know where he was? They probably were following him. I don't know. God, Will. And, like, he willingly left with them, just got in the car with them, like, no big deal. Like, stranger danger, Will, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... Oh, my God. Yeah, just so bad. And then, of course, they get there and Ray finds the freaking bug. I was like talking to the screen. I don't usually talk to the TV when I'm watching these things, but I was like, fucking A, Will, come on. Yeah, no, the whole time I was just like, what the fuck is happening on this? I I don't even know. So, so, so bad. So, obviously, like, Will ghosts her. Is this the second worst ghosting in one Chicago history? First being Linstead? Um, do we have any other ghostings? I don't think so. I guess, I guess. But, like, I don't know. For me, it's hard to wrap up my, around my head. It, I don't consider, I mean, I know it is ghosting, but it's just on such a different level of, like, ghosting than what happened with Jay and Aaron that it's hard for me to compare as, like, this is worse than that. It's just, 
to me, this is almost even ghosting. It's just like leaving her at the altar kind of like I put that like even though that is ghosting it's a very different thing for me so like I'm like that's leaving her at the altar this is like Jay and Aaron is ghosting man he but it's bad at the altar I know that's like every one of every woman's like worst nightmares I know and then but honestly he should again this is gonna sound so bad I almost would have rather her just like him just like left her there because like when he came back it wasn't any better. No. He comes In back fact, and it was he's probably like, worse. He, he comes back and he's like, I'm going in protective custody. Like I have no answers for you. I can't tell you anything, but like just know I'm alive. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's almost even he should have just stayed away at that point. Like Man, this is really bad. This is really bad. And so of course it leads because I mean I just, I can't get over the image of he left her on the steps of this church with blood on her dress. He got blood on her dress. You couldn't even let her retain the slightest bit of dignity. You had to bleed on the damn dress. I know. It's so bad. And she's crying her eyes out. I'm like, this, she does not deserve this. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's 10 times worse that he even came back because he's like, by the way, I'm going into protective custody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't give you any answers, but I'm sorry. And then he gets back in the car, and then she looks at Jay, and she's like, Jay? And he's like, he literally just, like, says, like, I'm sorry. He might say I'm sorry, or he might just say nothing, but, like, he can't even tell her anything either. So, like, what the fuck? Right. Right. Oh, this is so bad. And I mean, does Natalie forgive him? Way, 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 way down the line. Like, how does one get over this? Uh, mm, A lot of time and a lot of alcohol. A lot of crying. It's going to take... And here's the thing. Even if... I think she'll forgive him at some point. But, like, earning her trust back? That's going to take ten times longer. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I think it's easier for him to... Like, her to forgive him. And I... Mm -hmm. Then it is... Because, like... She's going to be able to, I think, at some point to see that, like, why he did it, you know, why he protected her and why he, you know, wanted to help out his brother. And, like, he, she's going to be able to see why he did it. And so she's going to be able to forgive him. But, like, he ain't going to get that trust back for a while. So bad. It just, I don't know. At this point, if I'm Natalie, I go full Burgess on him and I exit the relationship stage left. <laughs> He, so many lies. He told her so many lies. And, like, yes, his main objective here was to protect Natalie. And, yeah, he achieved that. But at what cost? Right. Because, well, did he even successfully protect her? Because my whole thing is, like, if he has to go into protective custody now, what's not to say that they're not going to go after Natalie? Like, why isn't Natalie going into protective custody with him? I don't think they know about Natalie. How? They show, I mean, They know it's his wedding day. We'll talk about his wedding day. I don't know if he ever mentioned the bride. Okay, but hello. They're tied to, like, what I'm presuming is a mafia. Like, they can figure that out. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like maybe he did. I'd have to go back and figure it out and watch it. But I feel like they did know because Will said, or Will wanted to have his reception there at this place. Or that was the whole reason this even started. That's... That's very true. So I'm sure he probably mentioned, hey, my fiance Natalie or whatever. Like, I I mean, again, did we see it? I don't know. But, like, I'm sure. 
And even if he did, it's not that hard for them to find. It's the mafia. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. No, right. Right. I can't get over how dysfunctional this couple is. The, the most dysfunctional. The most it's, dysfunctional. Yeah. It just depends on the day. Like, is Manstead getting along today? I don't know. You know. Yeah. I don't. And the thing is, it's not even. I feel like up until this point or up until this season, I'll say. Them, when they were having issues, was them, you know, like, fighting because they disagreed about how to go about something. This is just, like, I don't even, this is, like, a whole different level of, like, not being on the same page. No, right. I I completely agree. I just, I really hope that Natalie kind of realizes that she needs to look out for herself here. And Owen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the bigger thing with this whole thing is, too, is that if Willa just told her, mm-hmm. she would have, I don't know if she would have been on board, but, like, you gotta think. I mean, she loves him, right? So, like, she would have done, she would have found a way to, like, make sure he was gonna be okay. And, like, we could have avoided this whole thing if he had just said, hey, like, they want me to do this. Like, I have an in with this guy. Here's the situation. She would have been like, yeah, okay. She might have been mad at him at first, but like she would have found a way to do it to like get it. And we never saw anything from Jay or FBI girl that said like, you cannot tell anybody about this. In fact, I feel like Jay probably would have said like, tell Natalie, like, like, hello. I feel like if anybody needs to know, it's the mom of the two year old. Hello. Right. You know? Yeah. That you're marrying. Like, not even just, like, the mom of the two-year-old that, like, you're seeing or hooking up with or whatever, but, like, the mom of the two-year-old that you're marrying. You're going to be that kid's stepfather. Like, come on now, Will. Yeah, you're not even officially a stepfather yet, and you can't keep him safe. Like, it's just, it's bad. Or, I mean, like, he. It's just, like, I don't understand. I don't know. Why aren't they in protective (laughs) custody? I, I, I don't. I don't know, Gina. This is so stupid of Will. No, I know. I know. This is really, really bad of Will. Like, wow. And I mean, we had a pretty big discussion after we watched this. And I remember, I think I asked you, I was like, Will is kind of a dick, isn't he? Yeah. And, yeah. Because he's thinking he knows what's best, which he doesn't, clearly. We've seen that now, time and time again. And... It's just bad. It's just, it's a bad look for him. Yeah, it's a really bad look for him. He worse of a dick than Connor's been this season because of this. He's just, it's the, it's the decisions. Like, Will just makes really bad decisions. Yeah. And Connor's just an asshole like, at this point. Yeah. Well, actually, he wasn't too bad this episode. No, this week he was good. But, like, uh, at this point, that's an outlier. So, like. Yeah, no, most of the time. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And a recurring theme you'll see throughout these fall finales, too, is like horrible, crazy shit happening due to somebody's crappy decision or somebody's actions. It's kind of a recurring theme. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not even they don't even have to be like, eh, for the most part, they're terrible decisions. I'm thinking about the fire one is not necessarily a terrible decision, but then like shit happens around them. Yeah. Right. Right. I just. Wow. For him to lie and lie and keep lying, and then when it finally comes to a head, not tell Natalie anything and just leave the wedding. I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to see Will Halstead the same after this. 
I mean, he's kind of... Okay, so let me put it this way. So my friend Brenda has a beagle named Cooper, and we all call him a lovable idiot. I feel like that's kind of where we're going with Will, is that he's like a just lovable idiot. But like, I don't even know if I can love him from this. Like... I know. No, I know. It, you, uh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I understand where he's coming from, and I understand that like his intentions were good and pure and that they were there. Like, I get that. I'm not... I'm not blaming him for that. But, like, once this started spiraling, if you thought that, like, in the beginning, too, I'll even, like, defend Will for a second here. Like, if he thought he could just, like, it'd be one thing, contain it, be done, I still think he should have told Natalie, but, like, okay, fine. I see his reasoning. But, like, once it started spiraling out of control, like, you should have mentioned it to somebody. a Mainly Natalie. Right, and... I feel like even if they had said don't tell her, it would have been a totally well move to tell her and do exactly right. the opposite of what he's told. Right, because he was already trying to do exactly the opposite of what they told him. He, they keep telling him not to, you know, treat the guy, and they, you know, he still didn't listen then, so, like, why didn't he listen uh, for the rest of it? I don't know. For me, it's the fact that he willingly went with them from the Taylor's place that shows that he just does not think. Well, I think, I think he just, he lets himself, he leads himself with his heart and not his mind. Because, like, his heart was in the right place of, like, oh, this guy, you know, I know this guy's record and his, you know, history that, like, if they're saying it's bad, then, like, it's probably bad. He probably does need to see a doctor. But they're in the mafia, so they're not going to take him to the fucking doctor because, you know, business and so Will was probably thinking, hey, this is the only chance he's going to, like, have to survive, so I need to go. So he's leading with his heart, but, like, his mind should have said, dude, like I said, that his wedding was the perfect excuse to get him out of the situation, and he didn't take it, so. So bad. So bad. And, I mean, for him to lie to her like that, it just, it like... The way it's going to look to Natalie is that, you know, he doesn't think that she's strong enough to deal or he, you know, I mean, she has every right to be absolutely irate and just like, yeah, I, I, I hope she breaks it off at this point. I can't see why she wouldn't. And if she doesn't, then she's a bigger idiot. Yeah, if she doesn't, then we've got some problems. If she doesn't, then like. Natalie, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, oh my god. And the other part of this is, is that, yeah, he's been super weird lately, to the point that she's interpreting this as he's getting cold feet and leaving her. No! Yeah, it... Oh my god. He's hurting her more than he's helping her. Yeah. And that's just the also, Will how, way. It really is. It really is. How heartbreaking was that last scene, though, when, like, they ran to each other and were crying and everything, and then Will was like, I have to go. I didn't know if it was heartbreaking. I was just like, Will, what are you? I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, th I mean, I'll say this. I wasn't necessarily heartbroken on Will's side. Because, like, you brought this on yourself, dude. Like, as we've been saying. But I did feel bad for Natalie. Because, like I said, you know, she's done some terrible shit. I mean, and we hate on Natalie a lot because she's Natalie. But mm -hmm. she doesn't deserve this. Like, nobody does. You know. And I... Here's the thing. Like I said, I mean, we've said this again. Like, if he loved Natalie, and I'm not saying he doesn't, but, like, if he really loved Natalie, he would have told her a long time ago. 
I think he does love her, and I think that's why he didn't tell her. But I mean, when when at the end when they were exchanging "I love yous," I felt that I was like, no, he really means that. It's just that he is an idiot, and that gets in the way. I don't know. I think if he was, maybe not that he doesn't love her, but I think, I think this just proved that they weren't ready. I mean, we all knew that they weren't ready to get married, but like, they weren't ready for any kind of real relationship. Not that he doesn't love her, but like, if he was ready, he would have said something to her. But he's not ready, because he's Will. He's a lovable idiot dumbass. <laughs> he's like my friend's beagle. <laughs> the dumbass. I mean, yeah, yeah, he is a dumbass. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I just, I mean, yeah, I lost a lot of respect for him in this episode. And I, I'm trying to decide if it was more or less than what I lost for him in the med backdoor pilot when he tried to black tag Severide. Well, at that point, we didn't really know Will. I mean, we knew Will a little bit, but not really. So, like, uh, I mean, yes, I was I mad at him? Duh, of course, because, like, it's Severide. But I didn't necessarily lose respect for him back then. Maybe yeah. going back and watching it, I lost a tiny bit, but not really. Like, this, I, de- I think that's the perfect way to put it. Like, I lost a lot of respect for Will after this whole storyline. Yeah, it was crazy. It was so crazy. So, you know, Will did, we did see, you know, we saw kidnapped Will. That was a look. He did some stuff, too, though. There were so many Grey's vibes in this episode. Did you catch that? Yeah. Can I make one comment, though, before we kind of move into some other stuff about yeah, this episode? Yeah, Did not expect will to rock a blue tux you didn't i thought will was gonna go for the classic black tux not that it looked bad on him because it looked good i like the blue with his red hair but didn't expect it i don't know what i expected out of him i thought he looked good no he looked good i like the blue with the with the red mm-hmm. but i didn't i thought it was gonna he was gonna go with the classic vibe i didn't i didn't think will had enough style to rock anything else he doesn't strike me as like fashion savvy at all right i don't know who i would have expected to rock that tux but not will halstead so i was surprised remember remember at con when he showed up in a green flannel shirt and somebody said he looked like ed sheeran it was patty (laughs) of course it was (laughs) patty was like yeah nick didn't try today (laughs) yeah that's accurate oh so funny I could just hear Patty saying that, too. Yeah, Nick didn't try today. (laughs) No, I mean, and we can just, no, we can, I mean, of course, all, this episode kind of, like, revolved around the Will stuff. It always kind of, it always seemed to, like, circle back to Will, except for the Dr. Charles stuff. But back to the Grey vibe, like, the Grey's Anatomy vibes. So, first thing, I mean, with, with Will, he went all Izzy Stevens, drilled holes into the guy's head. Which was awesome. I mean, when he did that, I was like, he knows what he's doing. He's got this. Like, that's fine. That was the one point where I was like, get it, Will. You got this. Anytime someone uses a medical drill or any kind of drill in, like, a medical show, I think of the Issy Stevens. Like, that is, like, Mm -hmm. an iconic Grey's moment. It is. It just is. Yeah. But then elsewhere in the hospital, Dr. Erica Hahn returned. Not in character, of course, but it was the actress who played her. Uh, She was Dr. Charles's patient. I, I can never not see her as Eric Dr. Hahn either. Like, anything she's ever been in since then, like, I can't not see it. Yeah, that, that whole storyline was really weird. But, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Will did save Ray's life, which may in, have in turn save his, saved his. I don't know, because it kind of kept the brothers from killing him while he was in captivity. Kind of, almost. I know. Remember that time Will's little brother saved his ass? 
Yeah. Little brother. Little brother. We had this discussion. <laughs> Refer to episode 87 for a, a deeper discussion into that. Yeah. I mean, he handled himself well while he was kidnapped. I was like, all right. I thought he, you know, I thought Will was going to like hide in the corner and like cry or something. He reminded me of Mills a lot in that, in those kind of, because every time Mills was kidnapped, because I feel like it was like 10 times that Mills was like <laughs> find himself in the situation. Like Mills was very good about keeping it calm under pressure and, you know, yeah. handling it. And I thought Will did the same. And then we spent the other 98% of the episode wanting to punch him. Yeah. 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 So elsewhere, we finally learned that, you know, Connor actually does know when and how to do the right thing. Um, And all it takes is Jay. So next time he starts bitching and moaning about something, we just need to get Jay in there and he will set him straight. I wonder what would happen then if Jay can handle it. Like what if they had sent Voight in like five episodes earlier, like what would Voight have done to Connor? Because like... Would Void have straightened him out earlier? I don't know. Probably. I don't feel like he would have. I feel like Connor would be all like, whatever, I'm not afraid of him. But all it took was Jay being like, now, Connor. And he was like, all right. All it took was Jay. Who knew? Yeah. But, like, I thought the whole thing, too, was, I mean, the way they presented that was, like, he did the right thing for Will, but, like, it ended up costing the guy his life. Which Connor took so hard. I think that's gonna, I I would assume that's going to hopefully play out more and hopefully affect him like as the second half of the season moves forward and that maybe this will bring him down like maybe that was like the loss he needed that's terrible to say too I feel like there's just a bunch of terrible things coming out of my mouth this episode and not in the <laughs> curse word kind of way but like <laughs> you know like I feel like that's a hopefully going to be the loss he needed to like humble himself i yeah i can see why you're saying that because i mean it was it was connor's decision to wake the guy up and do what jay said yeah he didn't have to listen to jay i think he wanted to listen to jay because he wherever it is deep down he you know he cares about will and if jay's saying that like this is gonna help will then like Rhodes wants to do it but it was Rhodes ultimately Rhodes' decision to do it because I mean Ava was saying like she's like are you sure like that's not a good idea but if you're sure then I'll go along with it and so it was ultimately mm-hmm. his decision um so hopefully it'll be the loss he needed to like knock him down a level it's good to see that you know because Jay mentioned it to him pretty quickly he was like Will's missing and we didn't have any sort of deliberation or anything. Connor just knew he was like, all right, I got to wake the guy up. Like, he knew that it was probably a bad decision. But, I mean, you know, Will's one of them. And so. I really just wanted him to be, though, like, what the fuck did that fucker get into right now? Like, right? like <laughs> what the fuck? Like. Chicago Met Uncensored. What the fuck did he do? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck did that motherfucker do right now? Like. <laughs> damn it will (laughs) yeah like i that's really where i wish that this wasn't on network because i just really need like these all three of these finales i really wish weren't on network television so that like they could all just be like what the fuck like we were right so i mean yeah and connor just did the right thing this episode which i mean we're saying it's the right thing because it was will which is again one of those scenarios where you're just like well i'm glad so and so went so and so because you know it was one of her own so well that's why i'm saying that's why i think they did a really good job of setting it up where he did the right thing 
with, in regards to Will, but did he make the right decision, the medical decision? I mean, and we see that he didn't because the guy ultimately ended up losing his life. So I really like the way the writers set that up and that dynamic and just the way those two different things. Yeah. I think it really worked. It did really work. And it shows that there is still hope out there for Connor. Yeah. I was losing faith, but there is some slight hope. So now when we come back in January... If he's back to being, like, episodes three through eight, Connor, yeah, I ain't here for that. But, like, if we can still see some, like, gears turning in his head that, like, he can still be humble, then, like, okay, maybe Connor can pull me back in. And when we come back in January, I mean, Will's going to be in the doghouse with Natalie for sure. Is he going to be in the professional doghouse for making house calls and treating Ray off the books like that? Is he even going to be allowed to be in a doghouse period because he's still going to be in protective custody? I don't know. Yeah, that's another question is what exactly this protective custody entails. Is it really just like staying with Jay? I don't know. Is it like house arrest kind of thing? I, I don't know. Oh, there's a fanfic. Will on house arrest at Jay's house. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see, but. Jeez. But yeah, I would hope. I mean, oh God, I don't know. What a finale, dude. Yeah. Just. And we didn't even talk and about everybody the April showed stuff. Up, yeah, no, we haven't. I mean, I thought the April stuff was sweet. I mean, it was it was simple, just to the point. Yeah, it was. I. It was yeah, good. it was good. I was half expecting, though, because, you know, and April staying with that baby till the end. I was like, yeah, of course April's going to stay. That's a total April move. I was half expecting Dr. Troy to come back, though. But he didn't. He went but he off didn't. with Vicky to the wedding. The wedding that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. All of the face palms. Yeah. But no. I feel like we have so many other things about Med to yell about that I'm just drawing a blank on because I'm just so mad about the whole thing. No, I really think the whole thing I wanted to yell about with Med was Will. I feel like of the three finales, Med might have frustrated me the most. No, I think that was Petey for me. We will get there. We will get there. I definitely wasn't frustrated. I don't know. I I don't know what to call what I am with fire. It's not frustrated, (laughs) but... Yeah, I, PD, I think, frustrated me the most. Fire, I was more of, like, standing there at the end just being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Whereas Med, I was really angry, and PD, I was just like, did that just happen? Yeah, that's, that's true. So, I definitely was like, WTF, not quite, well, no, some of it was for the reasons everybody's talking about. We know Twitter's blowing up right now. That's okay. You know, again, this is why we drop these episodes right after the episodes air. Let it out with us and then go let it out on Twitter. We're here for you, (laughs) you know. So first things first, Derek, if you're out there, thank you for not killing Chloe. Yes, I thank you. Thank you. We love you for that. We do. Because we appreciate it. Just in this episode alone, like, look how much. Cruz loves this girl he hasn't said it yet but he loves her and like you said this is the best thing that's happened to him in a really long time like when he said that to her as she's being rolled away into the elevator for surgery oh my god all the fucking feels yeah 
Yeah. That that first like 10, 15 minutes of just like the accident and everything was brutal. Okay, super random. Is that the first time we've ever seen them use the medevac helicopter? I feel like it is. I think so, because I the only time I can ever recall a helicopter period was when it was an accident. Like when they were the helicopter was involved in an accident. Yeah, yeah. And it got stuck on the roof and that was when Severide was married and yada yada yada, the whole thing. But I don't think they've ever evacuated someone with a helicopter. Not again, not that that really this it matters in the grand scheme of things, but I saw that and I was like, huh. Yeah, I feel like that is the first time we've seen somebody leave via helicopter. Yeah, I just that whole I don't know. They didn't they say that that accident was like one of the biggest ones they've ever done. Yeah, Derek said that in one of those preview articles or interviews, whatever. Yeah. Am I just spoiled by the crossover or did it not look that big? Yeah, it didn't look that big. I, I, yeah, I think the crossover to me is just like, but maybe they don't consider the crossover because like the crossover is like a separate category for them. But even then, like taking the crossovers out of it, like I still didn't think it was that big, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there was more uh, behind the scenes production wise that we can't see that made it big for them. But to me and my visual eye, I didn't think it was that big. No, there probably was a ton of behind the scenes stuff, which I'm interested to hear all about it because I'm a nerd. Yeah, same. But the thing though, they rolled up to that scene. What? I know. I was just going to say, I mean, when that whole setup was crazy, like how Cruz, they heard the accident on the phone. And then the minute they got there, Cruz just beelined straight for her. Yeah. I was like, wait, I'm, I feel like Bowden or Severide should be stopping him, but okay. I both loved and hated the moment when Fire went a little meta and Mouch, when they get to the hospital, was like, there's too many trips to this waiting room lately. I'm like, I love it because I love when shows go all meta and, like, call back and all that stuff. But then I hate it because there's he's right. There's been way too many trips to the waiting room at Med this season. And, like, I can't tan- stand it. So, but I did He basically covered a point that we were going to talk about for us. Because the minute they showed up, I was like, I am so fucking sick of this waiting room. And then Mouse just said it. And I was like, okay, thank you for covering that. Because agreed. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, preach. Just like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh my God. And I mean, that that, that first like 15, 20 minutes, like I really thought they were going to kill her. Yeah. I did too. And especially when they bring in her parents and like. The whole thing, which I loved her parents and, you know, love that they love Cruz because we love Cruz. But, yeah, when they bring in her parents, I was like, this can't be good. This can't be good. I'm like, they didn't even get to say anything to her and they're going to kill her off and, you know, that will be a regret. And then they're going to be mad at Cruz. It's just going to be like this whole thing. But, yeah, I'm really glad they didn't actually go through that route. So, I mean, the point of all of this of putting Chloe through this wreck when, you know, she already escaped death once because, you know, that wasn't enough. But I'm guessing the whole point of this was to show how much Cruz and Chloe are into each other and how just how much they mean to each other. Just kind of show everybody this is not just a casual thing. Thank God, because Cruz deserves it. Not for her to go through this, but, you know, the love part. Right, right. (laughs) No, absolutely. I mean, they're great together. And oh, thank you so much for not killing her because I was going to throw stuff. Yeah, I, I, I would have, too. Although I was a little annoyed. Okay. This was like my little thing. So Lily shows up in the waiting room, right? Hi, Lily. I've missed you. Like, whatever. And then Cruz tells them all to leave because, you know, go put the rigs back in service because, you know, the best firefighters should be, like, doing their job. But then 
why does Lily have to go with them? Like, why didn't Lily say, like, hey, I'll stay in the waiting room. Like, I'm clearly not at work. Like, I'm not a firefighter. Like, why can't I? Like, I was just like, what is this? I mean, I imagine she went off with Otis. You know what I was surprised about? I was surprised. If you really cared, like, she would have just, I don't know. I mean, not that she doesn't care, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, you don't have to go, Lily, but okay, sure. I was actually surprised Severi didn't hang back. I wonder, though, if that's one of those things where, like, I don't know. Like, if they have to, if they're putting the rigs back in service, then, like, because he's the lieutenant, he has to be there. That's probably part of it. And plus, I mean, there's no way that Kelly's emotionally stable enough to do that. No, he just went through his own shit in that same waiting room, like, two weeks prior. Yeah, he can't handle this. It's bad. But I'm I'm surprised somebody from squad didn't hang back with Cruz. Yeah. Just because, yeah, I mean. Or like I said, like, if they're going to, if Lily doesn't want to stay back by herself, like, why didn't Otis and Lily stay? Right. Yeah. But I just, like, I did know, like I said, I, like, they all leave because they're putting the rigs back in service. And then she leaves, too. And I was like, but Lily, you're not, like, <laughs> that's not you. But okay, sure. And she just went and hung out at the firehouse. Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, man. Again, thank you for not killing her because I had a whole rant prepared in case that happened and (laughs) I don't have to use it now. Thank God. Thank God. But like, seriously, can we not put Chloe in any more mortal peril? She's brand new and she's like suffered enough. Can we not put anyone? Well, actually, that's a lie because hello, the end of this episode, they're already putting back putting someone in peril. So I was going to say, can we just like not put anyone else in peril for the rest of the season? But then the yep, end of this episode happens, so. This has been a really rocky start to the season. Like, they've been through a lot of stuff for, what, nine episodes? Yeah. Damn. Like, oh, they definitely packed the punch this, like, come in out of the gate strong. I mean, hello, we started episode two with a crossover, so, like. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So... Elsewhere in the firehouse of horrors at this point, I say horrors because there's just so much shit happening. Oh, my God. So the Stellarides are having their own issues because they can't be happy either. Nobody can be happy, you know, whatever. Um, We do get a cigar chat, which is wonderful. And Kelly kind of recognizes that he's got some shit going on right now. Introspective Kelly for the win. Yeah, for real. Him telling Casey that he's wrecking things, like, that's huge. It just shows that, like, this is not your average season one, season two Severide. Agree. The fact that he can recognize that, even though he doesn't know how to stop it, is, I mean, like you said, it's huge. Yeah, it is pretty big. And, uh, you know, it, it shows a lot of growth and it shows just how much he's grown with Stella. Not even... You know, in recent years, it's just how much he's he's grown. Yeah. Um, I did love how his code for a cigar chat was saying that he was sending up the bat signal. I love it that was so fantastic. much. I mean, yep. uh, I just wish we could have a cigar chat every episode. Yeah. Or like a web series of just cigar chat. Yes. I need it. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I think it's just because I have fan fiction on the brain because we're going to do that episode. But why has nobody written the cigar chat one shot? Oh, my God. Yes. Of just like a bunch of. Scar chats over and over. No, you know how sometimes, too, like, you know, all these shows, I mean, not even just the Chicago shows, but, like, all these shows do, you know, have, like, their own YouTube channels and whatever, and, like, some, some, not, I don't think the Chicago shows do, but some shows will do, like, recaps of, like, what happened, you know, and put it up as, like, a YouTube video or whatever, 
Like, I really mm-hmm. just want them, like, it to be each week, like, them, the two of them sitting in their lawn chairs, just talking about, like, the episodes with their cigars. Like, I just want them, like, discussing everything that happened in life. I don't know. I just, like... That would be amazing! Like, I just see it in my head as, like, this vision. And, like, I don't even know. That would be amazing. And they're just, like... So did you see Brett and the Chaplin? And they're like, what? Yes, that's what I'm saying, right? With their cigars. And then they recap what actually happened in the episode. Like, it would be great. That's genius. Thank you. Genius. Derek, feel free to steal that, please. (laughs) Please, please. But actually, though. But actually, though. But yeah, I mean, their their discussion's really productive. I mean, Severide's like, I'm fucking shit up. And Casey's like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, you are. Just about. Yeah, that's right. But... When he pointed out, he was like, you know, you've got Cindy and Herman, Bowden and Donna, Mouch and Trudy. When he was pointing out that, you know, you can be happy on both a professional and a personal level in this job. I feel like he was like channeling us because that's exactly what we would probably tell him if we were like on either side. I would probably follow it up with like your eyes are incredible and say something dumb. But that's just about <laughs> just about right. Yeah. I mean, and those are all I mean, they we always say, you know, like Cindy and Herman, Bowden and Donna. Match and Trudy, their goals. I mean, like, they are yes. the greatest. And we say that all the time. I mean, Casey's basically saying the same thing. Like, they are pe- they are couples that you can aspire to. Like, they are, like, nobody's perfect and their models may not work for you specifically on your relationships. But, like, it shows you that it is achievable. Right, right. I did tense up briefly because, I mean, Kelly was being cynical Kelly, right? So when Matt was like, you know, all these couples, like, it works, Kelly, like, had a moment. And I was like, oh, God, please don't throw Gabby back in his face. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. You know it crossed his brain, though. Oh, it totally crossed his brain. Yeah. But like a good BFF, he didn't say anything. Kelly's not – here's the thing. Kelly – I mean, we're talking about the whole Tyler stuff. Like, Kelly's never an asshole about anything. Like, he might not, like, he's honest and sometimes to a fault. And, you know, he's got all these other things. But he's never been, like, an asshole in the same way. That's true. That's true. If we put these characters on, like, a continuum of bad decisions, it's like, you've got Will who just makes terrible decisions and doesn't know it. Kelly at least recognizes that he's fucking shit up. But he's able to do so without being a douche. Right. That's what, that's like where I'm okay with it. It's like, yeah, Kelly, A, he recognizes it, which is one thing. B, he does it and I'm like, "Eh, that's not the greatest decision, Kelly, but okay. But like, he can do it without being an asshole to everyone around him. He's respectful. He's like Eeyore. (laughs) Go on. Because like, when you picture Eeyore, he's just got like the cloudy... Like, the cloud, the rainy cloud above his head that only affects him. Like, the sadness only affects him. But he's able to be sad and be in his moment or whatever without it bringing down everyone around him. Nice. (laughs) In some way. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. I know exactly what you're saying. I don't know if that really translated, but, like, I I think it makes my point. So who is the Winnie the Pooh of Chicago Fire? Um... I didn't really do Winnie the Pooh when I was a child, so you're on your own here. Um, well, up until the last few, no. Um, that's an interesting, interesting thing. Um, I, my first thought is Brett, just because Brett is typically a happy person. 
but I don't know if that totally works. But then my next thought too was Casey up until the last five minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, we still have to talk about Casey. Yeah, well, we still have a lot to talk about with the Stellarides too. But so oh my god. that's uh, I think the Winnie the Pooh comparisons really stop at the Eeyore thing with Kelly, but those were my thoughts. <laughs> Kelly, Eeyore, Severide. <laughs> it's not wrong. Uh, it's not really that off. No, I mean, that feels just about right, but oh, that's funny. Okay, so let's dive into this issue with the Stellarides here. So Stella does have a point where she tells Kelly that he's being jealous and possessive. Is he, though? Um, I mean, I think a slight part of him is. I don't think that's the biggest issue. I think that's part, I think that's like a slight part of it, though. I don't get that vibe. I feel like he's just pointing out the obvious. He's like, Tyler's flirting with you. And then when she's like, no, he's like, whatever. I think if it's any, like I said, I think if it's a slight part, like, it's like 5%. If that. It's like not big. It's not bigger than that for sure. I do think it is him trying to point out mainly that Tyler is maybe not who she thinks he is. Or that maybe she's just remembering, like, high school Tyler and she hasn't really gotten to know, like, whatever stage adult Tyler. I don't know. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking That's what I want to call him. Um, yeah. But so, yeah. I definitely think it's more of Kelly trying to point out that. But I don't know. I don't get the feeling that Kelly is threatened by this guy at all. No, my issue with the whole thing is that my only slight issue with, like, where Kelly's coming from is that at first, like, in the first part when she's like, hey, you know, when he was like, do you want to go to Blackhawks game tomorrow? And then she's like, actually, how about we go to dinner and yada, the whole, whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, we're not going. Um, Or he's like, yeah, no. My whole thing is, like, I don't know. I just, it seems like a little possessive and a little, I don't know. I It's something about it just bugged me. Hmm. But not enough. Like, there are, are, there are way more bigger issues in the Stellarides, with the Stellarides right now that, like, that doesn't bug me nearly as much as some of the other stuff going on with them. But it did bug me a little bit. And that's the thing, too, is I feel like Stella thinks this is the bigger, the bigger problem, but I, that's, it's not, it's not the bigger problem. I think the bigger problem is that, you know, I almost called him Taylor, Kelly, Kelly, um, you know, Kelly's dealing with his grief, but he's not talking to her about it. He's being really closed off. And I think they're kind of using the Tyler issue as a way for him to kind of take out how he's feeling, even though he's like by Kelly taking it out on somebody, he's not taking it out on somebody because he's Kelly and he just kind of bottles everything up. I have a slightly different theory. I mean, I definitely think it's all tied back to the grief on like what the root of their problem is. But like, I have a slightly different theory on like what the root of Stellarides issues is. I think, and the more I thought about this is so, because Kelly says at one point, you know, he says when he's talking to Casey, he's like, I have this feeling like I want to wreck things and I know I'm doing it, but I can't stop. So my thing is, I wonder if Kelly's just having a hard time trusting that she won't leave him 
later down the line. Just, I mean, just because at this point, everyone else in his life has left him. So subconsciously, he's pushing her away before he can get hurt. Because you had, you think about it, like Shay left him, Anna left him. Now Benny even left him, even though he and Benny were having all kinds of issues. But like, Benny left. I mean, yeah. die. I mean, they all died, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they all left. And so I wonder if that's it. Is like, he, I mean, because it's, like we said, like, you can see the growth in Kelly. And I think a lot of that is due in part to Stella. And you know that he loves her. So, like, but he's just so afraid that, like, if he fully lets himself be open to her, that she's going to leave, whether it's her, like, actually leaving or just dying on him. Because, like, he's got a bad track record, unfortunately. And I'm hoping that that's his worry, because if that's his worry, that can be fixed. It, it, I mean, it, it definitely can, but, like, I hope it doesn't get to the point where he ruins it for himself before it's unfixable. Which is what old Kelly would do. Right. I feel like new Kelly would start that cycle, but I would hope that Stella would be able to stop it and be like, hey, like, you know... I'm not leaving. But at this point, she can't see that that's what it is. She's still so wrapped up in the Tyler of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did Tyler threaten him? Because I don't remember that. Nope. I went back and watched. Tyler said to Kelly, I may leave Chicago, but I'll never be out of her life. And that was it. So he's lying. Yep. Okay. So Tyler's crazy. Yep. Okay. Crazy's not a good word. I know we yep. said we were going to try and stop using that, but... Tyler is the one causing issues. He is the one causing issues. Yes, he is the instigator. Yeah, for sure. I'm just, I mean, I liked him when he came in, but I don't really like how he speaks to Kelly. Yeah, I think, I yeah, I think he is definitely the one who's a little jealous and possessive of Stella. But, I mean, and I think, I don't know. I don't know. I lost where I was going. I don't get the vibe that he's being jealous and possessive. I maybe need to go back. No, I'm talking about Tyler. Tyler knows exactly what he's doing. He's being manipulative. Yeah. No. I think the where I got the little bit that Kelly was, was before the episode really unfolds, was, like I said, the locker room scene where he's like, yeah, no, we're not going, like, no, no, no. It's like that whole scene. Um, Mm -hmm. That, I was like, okay, maybe. But no, the rest of the episode, like I said, I think there are bigger issues with the Stellarides, and Tyler is just, like, what Stella thinks is their issues. Yeah, and you can tell the minute Stella met him at that bar, she knew she was making a mistake. Yeah. And not, again, not that there is anything wrong with hanging out with your friend, but you probably should have gone to Severide's place first. I mean, I don't even think that would have helped. I mean, like, and by that I mean, like, talk to him about it. I think part of her knows what Tyler's true intentions are. Yeah. But I really hope that they can fix it. I hope so. Because, again, Everybody on this show has been through too much. Yeah, and I do think this is Severide's, like, best. Like, I do think Stella is the person for him. And I just, and he, like I said, he seems to know that he can get there. He just has a lot Mm -hmm. further to go. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he knows he can get there because he's done it before, but it's like you were saying before, it's like when he does get there, whoever it is leaves. Wait, say that again? It's like you were saying before, is that, you know, he does, he knows that he can get there. He's, he's gotten there before, but it goes back to what you were saying, that every time he gets to that point where he's comfortable with somebody, they leave. Yeah. 
Uh, like I said, so. he's just, he's trying not to get himself hurt again. So where does this leave them? Do they fight for the relationship or do they just chicken out? I don't think not, neither one of them gives up that easily. But mm. and I definitely think Stella especially is going to fight for it when she realizes to like what Tyler did and is doing and how kind of manipulative he's being. Mm-hmm. The separate part's interesting because, like, I know he wants to fight. Like, again, he loves Stella. He wants to fight for that. Like, he wants that relationship. Like, he doesn't want to ruin it. But I don't know if he needs to go even, like, further down the spiral before he can, like, get himself out of it or, like, how mm-hmm. it goes. Because it's such uncharted territory for him. Like, we don't, I don't know how he goes because he usually ruins. Like you said, he ruins it and then he, like, starts a spiral over again. He sleeps with all of Chicago and, you know, then moves on and we start to cycle over again. So I just don't know on Severide's half because we've never seen it before. Yeah, I feel like this version of Severide, you know, still dealing with his grief, I feel like this version of Severide might be inclined to just kind of give up. But I don't know. Yeah, I'll be curious to see. I think, like I said, deep down, we know he wants to fight for her. But whether he does or not, I don't know. Right. Um, so elsewhere, Casey and Naomi. Yes. Where do we start? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, the elephant in the room is that they had sexy time. Yes. Please don't throw things at your phone or your TV right now because we understand that you're angry. We understand. Are you angry? No. No, I'm really not. I mean, I, I'm not. I was ready for the kiss because obviously we knew that we knew that was coming, but. I didn't expect it to lead to sexy time, which was so naive on my part. Yeah, a little naive. Just a little bit. No, a lot naive. You can say a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean. I fall for the promos every damn time. Every damn time. Yeah, I feel like this franchise doesn't do just, like, kiss. They don't ever just have, like, kisses stand on their own. Which is fine. I'm not complaining, but... Yeah, you should have known. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. I mean, they were, they were working really well together throughout the episode, and I'm not saying like, oh, like you know, they worked so well that you know, it just, just it makes sense that you know they would sleep together at the end. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, you know, throughout the episode, they, they worked really well together. When Naomi went in front of those siblings and put them in their place, I was like, all right, like keep going. I'm digging this. Yeah, I love that scene. I mean, I also just I love Colin Egglesfield. So like, oh my god, he's so dreamy. But, so I kind of got distracted a little bit, but I did love Naomi just being like, I know what my rights are as a journalist. Like, I know what I did. You have no case. Bye, bitches. And like, you know, Casey always gets protective. You know, he just, yeah, he always gets really protective when, you know, somebody's like speaking to a woman that way. And he just kept kind of trying to look for his in, but like he didn't need to jump in. Naomi had it. Yeah. And then he, I love though how Casey still turned it on and around on them and was like, yeah, you're trying to say, you know, you're trying to put our fam, they were trying to put their family's names, you know, like faces to names. So whatever. And then Mm -hmm. Casey like turned it back on them with like a victim. And I was like, mic drop. So good. So good. They, they're working well together. So I thought the kiss was good. I mean, that that was nothing. And I was like, okay, that was that was a that was a hot kiss. Like, that's fine. They have such At good. Ke- I will say before we move into the whatever, like they have such good chemistry. I, I to me, 
I know people are going to hate me for saying that, and it's not Dossie to them, and I get that. Like, I'm not trying to, like, shit on that. And, like, I know how they're feeling. I get it. But to me, like, I thought Naomi and Casey had really good chemistry. And, like, that kiss was, it was good. And, I mean, we could have this conversation over and over again until we're blue in the face. It's just Casey is moving on. Casey's moving on. He has to. What else is he going to do? Sit there and be in, like, the circle of grief? Yeah. And I think at this point, too, is, like, us is, like, we're talking about it. Like, we can't sit here and just, like, constantly think about Dawson. Like, we have to, you know, like, take what we're given and, like, this is what we're given. So, like, yes, I could sit here and compare it to Dossie as much as I want. But, like, that's not going to do anything, any good for anybody. So, like, I really enjoy Casey and Naomi, like, what I'm getting from it. And, like, that's what's appealing to me. And so I want more of it. And that's okay and valid. But I also, you know, it's okay and valid for Dossie fans to feel how they're feeling, too. But. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they had sexy time. They did. And it was, it was, it was real good. <laughs> Until the very end. Yeah, did the end was shit. It went to shit real fast. The first thing I thought of was This Is Us when he opened that door. I was like, did she leave the slow cooker plugged in? Yeah. Okay, so here's my theory though. So this fire happens, right? Like we all we know they're gonna survive. They're not killing off Naomi. Like I they're not killing if they didn't kill off Chloe, I don't think they'll kill off Naomi. But Derek called this thing a fling, right? In all of his interviews, like, leading up to this. He called this relationship a fling. Right. So, here's the thing. Does this fire make Casey then realize when we come back in January, like, whoa, this is clearly a sign that I'm not ready for this? Or is Naomi the one that's like, whoa, this is too much? And then, like, they end it. Like, how does this become a fling? Because to me, if the fire didn't happen, I would have thought that, like, clearly they hit it off, they have they're compatible they're working together well you know the whole thing that like it would evolve into a relationship so like i don't know i just try to see like where this ends that like derek would consider it a fling and i'm also trying to like remember that he said it a fling so that i don't get too invested when she leaves eventually because i really like her so i'm trying not to like get too invested in this (laughs) i could see the trepidation coming from casey yeah, that's where I think it's more more likely to come from. Of him being like, whoa, this is too much too fast. I I mean, hello. The fire, I feel like, is a definite sign that, like, yeah. Of, like, if he gets involved with her, I mean, this is the lifestyle he's signing up for. Yeah. I, although, I, okay, one other thing. Is the Dossie apartment cursed? That wasn't the Dossie apartment. That was her place. I could have sworn that was the Dossie apartment. No, it was her place. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that's the Dossie apartment. Fairly sure? I feel I I could have sworn that was the Dossie apartment. I feel like that was her place. I could uh, be we'll wrong. have to go back and look. But, but either way, okay. If it is the Dossie apartment, I mean, is it cursed? Because, like, hello, not only is it set on fire, but, like, Katya got shot there. A lot of other bad memories happened, like... Katya died there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So now that we think about it, the Dossie apartment's kind of a haunted house, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. Like, if this did, if this was the Dossie apartment, not the place I'd want to live. Like, Casey, you better move the fuck out of there (laughs) ASAP. 
If it is, in fact, the Dossie apartment, I hope he moves the fuck out. Not back into the super sad bachelor pad, but I hope that he moves the fuck out. Yeah. But I think it's her place. I'd have to go back and watch. Like I said, I was pretty sure it was the Dossie apartment, but I could be wrong. That fire finale. Who do you bananas. think finds, like, who, okay. Question. Does, in this situation, does Casey call 911 or does he call, like, his fam, like, the, like, 51 and be like, yo, guys. No, he calls 911 because if he's off shift, the rest of the house is off shift. I mean, that's what I assume, but, you know, I, I don't know. I hope there's a window in that bedroom. <laughs> and that they don't live, like, a bajillion floors up. That's a good point. Also, how did they sleep through that? Like, Naomi's, like, out cold. I'm like, don't you recognize that the room's kind of hot? I don't know. Well, and then the other question is, which I'm assuming this episode when we come back will deal with a lot, is, like, the guy that said it, which I'm assuming is the guy that was following them from the diner. (laughs) um funny note about that so uh when they leave the diner and the guy follows them wasn't even paying attention to the guy following them because the sign was misspelled on the window and i caught that and that's all i was paying attention to what did it say uh the word restaurant was misspelled and i don't know why it was like the first thing my eye went to and that's all i could think about (laughs) that's funny but no so i'm assuming i mean we're assuming that the guy that followed them set the fire but then yeah did he get into their apartment and then just was like, oh, I'm going to set this on fire or like, I'm surprised that at that point he didn't try to kill, like shoot them. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about the like guys method here. I'm thinking he was probably like a henchman for the siblings. And so once they had that meeting, the siblings were like, go torch it. Damn. I know. That's crazy. I know. Also, Colin, Egg- oh, uh, Colin Egglesfield, is he not the guy on New Amsterdam? I haven't been watching New... What, you mean the main guy? Isn't the main guy, like, something Egglesfield or... It's definitely not Colin Egglesfield. What, what, what has he been in? I don't know him from anything. He is actually... Well, he was in um, the movie... Oh, shit. Something Borrowed? Yeah, Something Borrowed. But he's actually one of my, one half of one of my favorite never got the chance to sail off ships from the client list, which is like, ugh, I love that show. Ended way too I'm soon. I'm at it right now. Ended way too soon. I'm still bitter. Got it. Real life. That's where, like, one of those things where, like, real life interfered and it could have been. Ugh, I'm still bitter about that. Still bitter. I'm scrolling his Twitter right now. Interesting. Learn something new every day. Still better. I'll tell you more about it when we finish recording, but, like, still better about the way that ended. <laughs> um, completely unrelated side note, Tuesday is, like, the cutest dog ever. But that's... Yeah. About it. Yeah. When Bowden was like, that is the cutest dog I've ever seen, I was like, oh, same, same. <laughs> I know. But that ball finale was insane. Bananas. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. Just like, wow. And so so we go from the fire finale where we're like, what the fuck just happened to pulling our hair out with PD and being like, did that actually just happen? <laughs> Antonio, Antonio, Antonio. I Oh, my God. I can't even with you, bro. OK, so here's the first question I have for you with regard to Antonio. 
Is he a hypocrite? Meaning, like, a hypocrite in what regard? Like, why do you ask? He's always, he's always so by the book. And he's always, you know, he's tough on his colleagues. Like, if this is Jay or somebody like that, and they're, you know, getting drugged undercover, Antonio's going to flip shit. Antonio's like, we go by the book, we do this. Meanwhile, the minute Burgess is like, oh, I'll take that and put it into evidence. He's like, no, it's cool. I've got it. I think it's so hard to say because I see where you're coming from. And, like, I think normally if this had been about any other thing, I would say, yes, Antonio's being a big hypocrite. But, like, Antonio, I mean, Antonio clearly has a problem, right? Like, he's he's an addict. And to me, like, it's so clear that all of these issues are stemming from, A, I mean, first of all, his shoulder pain. Like, I'm not, like, he definitely clearly is in pain, and then it stems from the fact that, you know, he's an addict and he's dealing with all these other issues. And so I think it's hard to say that he's a hypocrite because clearly he is being affected by his addiction and the issues that come from mm-hmm. taking all that oxy. Um, yeah. So I think it's hard to say that he's a hypocrite just because, you know... You're gonna you're gonna do weird things. You're gonna do different things when you're under the influence of oxy and that, especially that much oxy, and you're dealing with issues of addiction. Um, so I don't know if I would say he's a hypocrite, but I think if this had been any other circumstance and about anything else other than like drugs and whatever, and that he wasn't under the influence, and yeah, I'd say he's a hypocrite. But if that makes sense, the fact that yeah, no, it does. It does. The fact that he was undercover off the books. And everybody was asking him questions about it. And he was just deflecting them and passing them off. Meanwhile, we've seen a situation where Ruzik's been undercover off the books. And Antonio lost his shit. Yeah. So I that kind of got under my skin. But it's like you said, he's, you know, he's not in his right mind. I mean, yeah. those first couple minutes, I was really mad with Antonio. I was like, you are being such a pain in the ass right now. Yeah. And you expect everybody to follow the rules just because it's what you do. But the minute it doesn't benefit you, you're just like, screw that. Yeah. We saw a lot of Voight and Antonio, which to me will forever be such a perplexing relationship. This is also, I think, you know, this is the most we've seen from Voight all season. And I think it just adds a different vibe and tone to the show. Like when Voight is heavily involved in something, it reverts back to the earlier seasons. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just different than what we've gotten used to, especially this season. And that's something notable about this episode. It had such an old school feel, like a season one, season two kind of feel. Agree. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I just, Antonio and Voight's relationship will always confuse the crap out of me. But it's almost like Antonio is like a younger version of Al to him. Antonio is like a younger version of Al. Really? Like no matter no matter what happens between them, they're still going to be there for each other. At least Void's going to be there for Antonio. I don't know if Antonio's going to be there okay. for Void. In that way, I'd say yes. I was sitting here trying to like think about who Al is as a character and then like think about him in his younger days and then compare it to Antonio. I was like, I don't see it. But in that way, yes, I'd agree with that. Because, you know, Voight rolled up on him in the middle of buying drugs and Voight, like, 
Yeah. Voight was there for him, like really there for him and really supportive. I don't know what I expected, but I was still surprised by the way he reacted. I think he's learned that he has to, I mean, like, didn't do it necessarily with Al. So, like, not that he wouldn't do it beforehand, but, like, he didn't do it to the best of his abilities with Al. So, like, he's trying to change. Yeah. Were you surprised that Voight was there for Antonio to the degree that he was? You flip the script on this. If this is Ruzik, if this is Jay, if it's even Burgess, does he react the same way? Yeah, I think so. But I think it's just so perplexing to me, not because it's Voight, but because it's Anton. Like, because they have that, like you said, they have such a weird relationship. Yeah. Like, even weirder than the Jay and Voight relationship, which is, like, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least with the Voight and Jay relationship, we know it's going to change. The Antonio and Voight relationship, you always think it's going to be one way and then it's another. Yeah, that's true. It's so weird because I like remember we were like, oh, you know, Voight and Antonio are never going to see eye to eye. And then Voight was like, no, I like that you go by your own code. And we're like, really? You do? You sure about that? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Um, I also laugh a little bit to myself every time Voight calls Antonio bro. I don't know why. It just makes me kind of laugh. I'm like, eh. Voight shouldn't be using that word. <laughs> Thank you. It's a little too slangy for him. It's, he's a little, a little too old school for that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So when they went back to Antonio's apartment, I thought we were onto something really good. I was like, oh, man, like, Voight's really going to help Antonio. Like, wow, he's going to help him detox. Like, this is going to yes. be really good. And then we got the call about Eva. And I'm not going to lie. I laughed really hard. Because both Dawson kids have been kidnapped now. It's crazy. I, like, you saying that, I'm like, oh, my God. How? Oh, my God. When he hung up the phone, he was like, I think my daughter just got kidnapped. I I was laughing and I was like, I'm not supposed to be laughing right now. But how does this happen to both of your kids? Maybe Laura was right. No, Laura's totally right. Laura has a point. Yeah, she does. We'll get there. We'll get there. But like, yeah. Wow. Like, talk about the worst luck ever. Yeah. Worse luck than Chloe? Surviving the high-rise fire and then getting into a car accident? Different. Not necessarily worse. Different. Different. Man. Both kids have been kidnapped now. And I still couldn't process that. I was texting you after I watched it, like, over and over. And I was like, Brenna, they've both been kidnapped now. Like. I know. It's still, like, I still don't have it wrapped around my head. Like. Yeah. I still don't have my head wrapped around it. What about when Antonio finally came clean about the Oxy? I was not expecting the faces that we got from the team. What were you expecting? I was expecting them to be understanding, just like Voight. And instead, I mean, they all looked super pissed off. Really? I don't think they all... To me, they did. I don't think they all looked pissed. I think Burgess looked pissed. And maybe for a moment they were all a little pissed, but I think they all... I mean, they all changed... Like, I think they all came around to, like realizing that this is clearly bigger than like Antonio just it got out from underneath Antonio faster than you know he was expecting it to yeah I did have one of those like 
moments of like pump up when Boyd was like, we're officially off the books. If you want to walk, like go. And everybody stayed there. And Jay was just like, let's go get Eva. I was like, yes, like squad, 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 squad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those moments. Now that, yeah, that's a yes. Internal sports moment. (laughs) Intelligence, intelligence. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those, one of those, but oh my god, yeah. Um, one of the other old school vibes that I loved about this episode, we got to see the cage. It's been a long time since we've seen the cage. I think we only saw it once last season out of 22 episodes. This has got to be the first time we've seen it in season six, right? Definitely. I missed it. I'm, I missed it too. I know. It's nothing like a good throw them in the cage. <laughs> like, it's nothing. There's nothing like it. The old school vibe of this was just perfect. It, it was perfect. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, like I said, just not even just the fact that he threw him in the cage, but again, just the fact that this is the first time you really felt Voight's presence this season and it just made a difference as to the vibe and the tone. So let's get into Laura because like, oh man, when we saw those promo pictures, we were like, she looks pissed. And I think that was probably an underestimation. Is that a word? I hope that's a word. She has every right to be as pissed as she looked in those promo photos. And as she was. How was she not the first call he made? That's when I think, because this was the first one I saw. So when I texted you and I was like, what the fuck is Antonio doing? Like, I was like, how the fuck did he, how the fuck does he go like four hours with his daughter missing or however long it was and not think to call his ex-wife? Like, are you an idiot, Antonio? Like, are you really a fucking idiot? Yeah, like, it, that blows my mind. When she came in and she was like, where's Eva? I was like, oh, my God, she doesn't know? Oh, my God. So, I mean, Laura's irate with him, and that's not I can't even find a word, like, strong enough to convey how pissed off she is at him. But it's completely warranted. Oh, for sure. Completely. And, I mean... Something that we were talking about, like, you know, after we watched the episode is that she hates him. She really hates him. She kind of has a right. I mean, she has a, every right to. And I, it's not, un, it's not, it's not unwarranted. Like we said, like, I see where she's coming from and why she hates him so much. I mean, when she told him, she's like, you chose this job over your family. She's completely right. Yeah. And the reason Eva is missing is because... Of something Antonio did. Well, and it's like the reason Diego went missing all those time, all that time ago was because of his involvement in whatever it was. I can't remember that specifically. Was that something he did directly? I thought Pulpa was just like, let me fuck with them and just like took what he could get. I'd have to go back and watch. I don't think it's necessarily because of something Antonio did directly, but like. If you remember, he and Antonio had, like, some sort of... I don't know. There was some sort of history with them prior to Popo going in the cage. So it wasn't, like, completely crazy that it was, like, directed towards Antonio. Was it something from when Antonio was in, like, Guns and Gangs or something? Something. I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch, which is why we should do Popo at some point. But We should. We We absolutely should. We should deep dive into that. I just... I mean, Laura's completely right in everything she says. It's just that it's heartbreaking to see. I mean, she really resents him. Yeah. But I also think it's so, I I think it's interesting too. Now I'm literally just thinking about this. So this is going to kind of come out in, I, I haven't thought about this through. I haven't thought this well through. Mm-hmm. But like, 
thinking about what Al did. Al kind of did the same thing, right? In choosing the job over his family because it lost him Meredith. I mean, it ultimately lost him, well, not really Lexi, but, like, on the show. I mean, it was on the show, so, like, I could put it as in, like, the it lost him Lexi category. Um, we don't ever know what happened to Michelle, so, like, who the fuck knows? But, like, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, Al did the same thing, too, is, like, Al's the only one that really has had family up until this point, and it lost him. He had to pick a choice, and, like, you choose your job family over your family family. Yeah, it's exactly the same as Al, and it ultimately cost Al his life. What I think, yeah, and I think at some point, too, is, like, in order to, I feel like, be this involved and, like, be as deep into this as all of them are and to be in, like, a special unit like they are, like, you have to be willing to sacrifice, if not all of your personal life, like, a good chunk of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... All the people with families and intelligence have lost their family. Or now, the granted, family it's not... lost the member. Thinking about Jules. Yes. Yes. Oh, Jules. I mean, Atwater lost Vanessa and Jordan, but that wasn't, you know, Atwater basically helped Jordan make that decision. He didn't force him into it or anything. Yeah. I'm just thinking. I mean, yeah, Voight's lost everyone. But not necessarily as a result of choosing the job over the family. But for Antonio and Al, that's certainly true. Yeah. I was just, I, like I said, I just thought about that. And I was like, that's an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's just fast forward to this last scene. Like, holy shit. I mean, thankfully he finds Eva, right? Thankfully. But somehow he doesn't go to med with Eva. He comes, like, he gets loose somehow. And, like... Voight and Ruzik have chased this guy to some sort of rooftop or something. P.S. I love that Ruzik was Voight's number two throughout this whole episode. Yeah. No, Ruzik was Voight's. I'm sorry. Ruzik was Voight's number two. Yeah. Especially after last season. It's very, yeah. Agree. That was crazy. And then when Antonio walked in, Antonio was like, give me five minutes. How many times have we seen that where a member of intelligence has wanted five minutes with a perp and Antonio, or Voight has never said yes, ever? Wait, say that again? So... Antonio gets up there and Antonio's like, give me five minutes. Yes. Like, basically just wanting to, like, beat the shit out of the guy. We've seen that so many times in the past where, like, I mean, I think in season two when Maddie, the bartender, got shot, Jay was like, give me five minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voight was like, fuck no. I think at one point Al wanted five minutes with somebody and again Voight was like, fuck no. Yeah. And this time Antonio's like, give me five minutes and Voight's like, okay, just give me your gun. Like... That's a change in tune. I think the slightly difference, though, is that in all of those instances, yes, it was someone who was affected, you know, you know, like Maddie, the bartender, especially because we can't think of who specifically it was for Al, but like Maddie, the bartender with Jay. Yes, it was somebody that Jay cared about and was a friend, but like it's not, this is Antonio's daughter. Not that I'm saying this was right of what to do. Mm-hmm. This is Antonio's daughter. She, she probably raped, she hadn't done the rape kit, but you know. Most likely raped. Like, what is Voight going to do? Say you know no? Who it was with, you, you know who it was with Al? It was the guy who set the fire that killed Lexi. Oh, right. Yeah. So in that but case, still. I'm surprised he didn't. But you know what? I mean, like, then that kind of just dysfunks whatever I was going to say. Or my theory. But I don't know. 
Maybe it shows that Voight's kind of out of fucks to give when it comes to that. He's like, whatever, I'm just done, you know. Yeah. Trying to filter and buffer. Family's important. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Antonio kind of might have killed the guy. He did kill the guy. He might not be dead. We don't know. Gina, how the fuck do you not fall from that and fall on cement and not have your brain splatter? Remember the time they made us think that what's-his-face's daughter was going to die? Why isn't his name coming to me? Uh, Denny. When they got, when they made us think his daughter was going to die and then she lived. I'm also thinking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend when Trent ended up living, which is totally not even similar to the PD, like, to the Chicago shows, but whatever. Yeah, I just... I don't know. My first thought is that he's dead just because, like, nobody survives that. I'm not saying that it can't survive. He can't survive. But, like, it's likely he's dead. I was really surprised. I honestly will say I will be more pissed. As much as I, like, have issue with this and that, like, in some ways I kind of think they're ruining Antonio. I don't know. I'm still, like, if I don't know how I feel. I've, like, maybe slightly slowed, slowed down on that feeling a little bit but I'd almost be more pissed if they find a way to make this guy survive because I feel like that's just gonna be like well we didn't want you know like we want to turn Antonio around so like we're gonna have this guy live so we don't have to put Antonio through shit no at this point like you've already put Antonio through shit like I want to see him go through the detox like I want to see him as much as I'm gonna hate seeing him go through it because I love Antonio but like make him be threatened to lose his job. Like, make him think about whether it was not, you know, whether the job is worth the fact that he chose the job over his family. Like, make him feel that sacrifice. Like, make him go through all this shit. And, like, you know, the only way they can do that is if this guy dies. So I'll be pissed. I'll be more pissed if they find a way to keep this guy alive. Because it'll feel like a cop-out. Yeah, it'll be lazy writing. And, I mean... Because, yeah, I mean, that you had, you had told me that, like, after, you know, after we watched the episode, you had said, you know, you were like, I why did they do this? This is so weird. But then I said, I was like, no, I love this because Antonio, our little rule follower, has all of a sudden done a complete 360. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just my first reaction, like I said, and I, like I said, I've slowed down a lot on this because the more I think about it, the more I think it will be good. Not necessarily good, but, like, good storytelling, hopefully. But my first thought was just, like, what the fuck are they doing with Antonio? Like, who is this guy? But I think I think if they tell it right, it'll work. And it'll work really well. Yeah, I don't think they're ruining him. I think they finally found a way to, you know, shake an unshakable character. But the thing is, that's what... The thing is... Not that they're, again, I've slowed down on the ruining part of him because I don't think they're ruining him. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that I loved always about Antonio was that in this world of intelligence where everyone for the most part, except maybe Jay, but like everyone for the most part was willing to bend the rules to get the results that they wanted and to do the most good and to, you know, play under, you know, not on the books and you know do all that. Here's Antonio who has to navigate his moral compass within that world but still play by the book and I loved that contrast and so now that we've got Antonio out here like I mean again it's under the premise of his addiction and you know 
him being influenced by drugs. Like, I get it. But, like, here's now Antonio also, like, not being the same. I don't know. To me, it was just like, what is this? Yeah. It's a lot of... It's a lot to digest and a lot to handle. And especially, I mean, when when Voight sent this guy through the window, he wasn't clean either. He was under the influence. Yeah. It's going to be crazy in January to see where we go from here. I think, like I said, I think it can be good if we get to, if it makes us see Antonio go through his detox, you know, question whether he was right in choosing the job. If it means that now he's going to maybe lose the job. Um, I think it can work. I just, we'll see. Yeah. There's also like 10 million ways the story can go wrong too. And like. No, there, yeah, there is. It can ruin Antonio as a character. My fear is that they're just going to gloss over it when they come back in January. He's going to have already gone through detox. That That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's a lot of ways this story can go right, and there's 10 million ways it can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if, here's the thing, and this isn't necessarily focusing on, like, of sick specifically, but I'm going to be mm-hmm. really mad if we get, like, two episodes of this, and then we continue, like you said, to gloss over it for the relationship stuff. Like, anybody's relationship. Whether it's even the, even if it was Berzik and, like, Brett, or, or not Brett, dear God. I'm trying to, like, combine characters here. Burgess finding out about Ruzik and Upton. I don't, I don't want, I'd rather deal with that shit later on and, like, let Antonio's story be told the way it needs to be told and then go back to the personal stuff. As much as I do like the personal, like, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm with that. I mean, because, you know, Antonio's story is valid, too. He's going through something, you know. He's, you know, it may not be a relationship that we all love to see because we all love the shippy stuff, but still, you know. Yeah. It's a story that needs to be told. Yeah. And that goes back to something else that I thought, too, is that, you know, up until this episode, we hadn't really seen a lot of light shown onto this this issue with Antonio and the pills. But we saw like what what we saw in the beginning of this episode kind of made me think I was like, OK, well, actually, they handled this in a pretty smart way, because while intelligence was like going about their business, you know, solving cases, doing their work, Antonio has been suffering in silence this entire time. Yeah. And so I, I actually thought that was kind of smart. Like when he gets in the car and you see he had the bottle, I was like, they actually handled this pretty well because none of us had any idea that it had gotten this bad. Yeah. I mean, I think we had the audience did just because like we see, you know, we saw him however many episodes prior it was suffering or like that he was clearly affected. And then last no, yeah, last week. It's it's hard for me to, I'm like, what episode was that? Because it's, like, been two weeks in between. But last week's episode, when you kind of see him, like, start to go back to it. So we as an audience kind of knew. But, yeah, I do, I agree that, like, intelligence had no clue. No, they had no clue. And even in the episode before last, we were all like, the mystery goatee is back? Why? And then this episode, we were like, oh, it's because he's off the rails. Got it. <laughs> like, just little indicators. I do have questions about his tattoos, but I can't, I couldn't make them out long or enough to like actually have questions about them. But like, I have questions. Like, are they John tattoos or are they Antonio tattoos? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. We'd have to go back and look at old episodes. Yeah. But. I mean, I love them. I love tattoos, but that's just me. But. Yeah. I mean, where do we go in January? And plus, I mean, Antonio is going to be beside himself. He already kind of is. We got to see a little bit of it, but yeah. Yeah. What how does the rest of the unit? I mean, because obviously right now the only people who know are Voight and Ruzik. If I'm Burgess at this point, I am pissed as hell. It seems like it's such a one-sided partnership with them. Yeah. Because Antonio just still looks at her as like, you know, oh, it's tiny little Burgess, you know? And Burgess is like, no, I can hang. But Antonio doesn't see her that way. See, to me, I don't even think about that. Like, in terms of, like, this specific situation, it's like, on the one hand, I'm sure she's pissed, and I think she does have a right to be pissed. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think she's more pissed not because he he didn't tell her, but that, like, she just cares and, like, she didn't see it herself. That's true, too. I mean, that, yeah, like, bur- she, that, that's a Burgess because thing. Because she's supposedly the one who's, like, spending, you know, again, we didn't see it, you know, because these last, like, you know, like, six, seven, eight episodes didn't focus on them. So, like, we didn't see, like, when they were working together, like, riding to work, you know, to X, Y, and Z in a car together, whatever. But, like, she's the mm-hmm. one who's supposedly been spending all this time with him because they're partners, so, like, She's probably just more upset at herself that she didn't see it. Yeah. Not that she, like, you know, because, like, I feel like, I mean, I've never had to deal with this in my own life, so, like, I don't know. I'm not actually speaking from personal experience, but I feel like at some point, like, you can be mad at someone for being an addict for a second, like, in the moment, just, like, that's your first reaction, but, like, you can't actually be mad at them. Right. Addiction is something that nobody can control. Like, it, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't actually be mad at them for being an addict. No, I mean, typically you see that kind of situation when somebody doesn't really understand. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Or, like, and like I said, that's why I don't think, not that she doesn't understand, but that, like, she's just more mad at herself for not seeing it. Yeah. I don't really want to spend a lot of time on Upsick because there was a little bit, but. Eh. There's enough that we have to point it out. Why the hell is Ruzik making jokes about them splitting the mortgage? You wouldn't move in with Burgess, and now you want her to split the mortgage with you? Screw you, Ruzik. That's not cool. How the fuck does he... Like, what kind of money are they making in intelligence? Thank you. There is no way you could afford that, dude. Right. You cannot afford... I don't... I. How are they affording these sweet houses? Jay is still living in that super sad little, like, closet apartment that he's living in. And yet, like, Upton has this amazing place and now Ruzik's going to get this badass house. Seriously. I Doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and again, this kind of goes back to my point last week. I think it was last week. Whatever week it was. No, it can't. Whatever week it was when we were talking about Upton and Ruzik and whatever. They just kind of needed to find, like, are they trying to eventually, like, make their way to something serious? Or, like, is this this strictly supposed to be casual hooking up? Because right now they're somewhere in the gray area in between, and, like, I'm hella confused. I don't even know anymore. But obviously, if they're dedicating episode 14 to Burgess finding out, then they're heading heading in that direction. Well, and because, like, again, Ruzik seems to think that, you know, Ruzik's clearly into her and, like, into her. Mm -hmm. 
And, like, I think she's kind of into him, but, like, she's a little hesitant to, like, get involved with a coworker, And so, mm-hmm. you know, she's, like, trying to push him away from Sirius. But I think they're definitely into each other. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I just, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever, moving on. I just, I was more pissed off about the mortgage comment. I was like, you, really? Really right now? Really? But I'm just kind of like, whatever. But um, well, then they also just, like, when the guy almost went and had sex on the kitchen counter and I was like, oh God. Yeah. Are we just trying to like tally up weird places where the casts of these shows have had sex? Because I don't think that would be comfortable. That would hurt my back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, you think about, like, Stella and Severide having sex on the Molly's counter. Like, okay. Ava and Connor having sex in that exam room. Oh, yeah, that one's that one's probably the weirdest one for me. I mean, if we're going to play this game of, like, weird places the one Chicago characters can have sex, I mean, we'll play. There's a lot of weird places where, you know, the cage, that hasn't been christened yet. <laughs> oh, dear God. I don't even want to think <laughs> about that. Someone write that fanfic, my lord. But yeah, also towards the end when that guy pushed Haley, it was kind of a competition between Adam and Jay to see who could react the fastest. That was kind of funny. Yeah. It was kind of a full circle moment, too, because when that guy pushed Haley that first time and Adam punched him, Haley went berserk. And this time Adam punched him and they were like, "Okay, that's about fair. Oh, yeah. Like last season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but whatever. That's the Upsic stuff. I'm just like, whatever. The, the Antonio stuff was so much more important. What the fuck, Antonio? I know. And even Ruzik was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I know. I really, that's a moment where, again, why are we on network? Because I really, you know, Ruzik would have actually been like, what the fuck just happened? Ruzik would be the best character to see on cable because every other word out of his mouth would be fuck. Kind of just like, like Patty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like Patty. So, oh, never forget when Patty was like, can I curse on here? Yes, Patty, you can curse on the podcast. Yes, you can. Yes. Curse away. Please. Please do. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I thought it was just bananas. And the fact that, like, Antonio was trying to find his own daughter, and in the middle of this, he bent down to pick up pills. He, like, stopped what he was doing to grab a thing of pills. Yeah. Plus, this is a whole new aspect of Antonio's personality. I mean, I feel like we didn't know that he was an addict until. Well, now. we wouldn't have had any reason to. Because right. clearly, he, I mean, he's not, you know. Right. We wouldn't have had any reason to know. But yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Those were the fall finales. That was crazy. I know. Man. And we do we wow. know for sure? I I think they're coming back the ninth, right, or whatever. Yeah, the ninth. I believe so. Yes. Okay, so not too terribly long. No, we have about a month, which we can do. That's no problem. So, yeah. So we talked about the Christmas schedule, and I think we have plans for about like two of the three episodes that we're gonna do. Maybe I don't know. We'll revisit well, it. Okay, so we are next week. I don't know when we'll release it because we'll release it sometime between the break. But we are going to talk to Jeff again. Um, he's agreed to talk to us. Jeff yeah, from Med. He's agreed to talk to us about the finale and just up until this whole season of Med up until this point. So if anyone has questions about anything 
med related because god knows we're gonna dive in with this will stuff and the oh, and connor yes. and ava and got every all of it because there is a lot to talk about with him so send us is a brave soul we'll just put it that yeah way. jeff is a brave soul to come on and talk to us again he's also been this, for the third for time. the third time yeah <laughs> which is crazy but um yeah so if anyone has questions comments things to we should ask him just let us know but yeah, and keep sending us fanfics because we are going to bust that episode out and the research is just so much fun. Yeah, we I think we've talked about probably doing that like the January one before we come back. So like whatever, January 4th. Yeah. Just because like that, again, gives us the most time to read and like prepare. And it's, these, it's so much fun researching for this and like reading and thinking about it and whatever. But like, you guys send us some great fan fiction recommendations, but then they're like, 78 chapters, 500,000 words. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> but, like, yeah. so it just takes time. So I think we're going to aim for that one to be out on the 4th. But, like, again, we'll let you guys know for sure. But keep sending them, like for you said. For sure. Please, please, please. But, yeah, so... As always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. You can email us. It's meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. We say it every week, but it doesn't have to be about the Chicago shows. We watch a lot of TV. It could be about that. It could be about anything else. Our inbox is a completely safe space. Completely safe place. Bleh, space. It's late. I'm tired. I can't speak now. But yeah, um, if you like the show, which we really hope you do, please take a moment to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be great. I almost just said Twitter, which shows that I need to go to bed. But yeah, otherwise, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. And also, because when we're recording this, it is Hanukkah. So and it'll be Hanukkah when this comes out. So happy Hanukkah to all of our listeners. Anyone who celebrates. Yes. Indeed. So yeah, that's about all we've got, and we will see you guys next week. Bye!